you know, here's my hook, here's the first sentence that really grabs their attention. Now, what are they potentially thinking through once they've read that? You know, what's their potential next question? And then answering that in your following sentence or your, you know, maybe one, two, three sentences following that hook. You're listening to the Behavior Change Marketing Bootcamp Podcast for people passionate about making a positive change. We believe understanding your audience is the key to maximum impact, and behavioral science takes this to a whole new level. Join your host, Ruth Dale, and expert guests to explore biases, beliefs, why we do what we do, and why we don't do what we said we would do. Hello, we are so delighted to welcome to the podcast today, Jeremy Moser. So Jeremy Moser is a celeb, complete celeb in the digital world. He is the co-founder and CEO of a performance SEO and digital PR agency called USERP. So that is incredible achievement, Jeremy. I have taken his course on copywriting and it is outstanding. An amazing content marketer and SEO specialist, as the agency suggests. And he has also developed an incredible wordable tool, which he will explain more about. So we are super excited, incredibly honored to have you here today, Jeremy, just to learn from you today. So please, I'm just going to hand it over to say hello and introduce yourself a little bit more. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, Ruth. I I really appreciate it. Excited to chat about a bunch of this today. And uh, yeah, as Ruth said, I'm a co-founder and CEO at Usurp, where we do a lot of SEO and digital PR for a lot of high-tech startup brands. So a lot of uh, venture-funded companies. And then also have a big background in copywriting, did that for many, many years, probably too many for my own sanity for uh, a lot of large brands and, and had a really good time doing a lot of copywriting stuff, both, you know, on site and kind of on the ad front as well. So excited to, to kind of jump into some of this and chat. Yeah, thank you so much, Jeremy. He's super kind. Jeremy basically put a post out on Twitter saying, that, you know, he would offer to come on the podcast and we just jumped straight on it. And as I said to Jeremy, it was because I love his style of writing. I think we talk a lot on this podcast about actionable copy, about driving people towards positive behavior change. And in Jeremy's copy, it's always driving you somewhere. It's always gently nudging you and activating you in a really positive way. So today we're going to focus in really on that content side and that execution, actually getting your audience moving and shifting where you need them to go. But Jeremy, just before we do, can you please tell everyone where you're recording from? Because this is a podcast, we don't record (laughs) video, but he is in the most amazing place. So can I just put it into context, Jeremy? Most of our listeners are in England. (laughs) It's May and it's been raining all day. I have not seen sun. So please tell everyone yeah. where you are right now. Yeah, I'm in Hawaii right now. So I'm on the island of Oahu, just hanging out here for a couple months with my wife. And my business partner actually lives out here too. So seeing him a little bit. And yeah, it's nice, nice and sunny in the background. So hopefully, hopefully the sun will come out on your end and in that side of the world. <laughs> we'll spread some sun. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> Just diving into the content marketing, and you said you spent a lot of years doing that for your own sanity. Could you share with us what (laughs) what do you think some really basic copy tips that help motivate and guide people through sort of even long form copy and just into action? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when you're starting with copywriting, one of the main key things really is just talking like your audience would talk. So not using, you know, depending on what your audience is, if it's a little more technical, you can obviously use more technical terms and things like that. But you really want to match where the audience is currently and not either, you know, speaking down to them, 
speaking in terms that they may not understand just yet. So really reading the room in that sense of where your audience is at in terms of their knowledge. And this will depend too on a, on a case-by-case basis in the sense that if someone's reading a more informational piece that you're putting out there, maybe it's more top of the funnel in that sense where you know they're new to this space, they're trying to get more information they're really trying to learn. You want to speak in a little bit more simpler terms. You want to define things and not assume that they may know things. You want that language to be a little more smooth, a little more casual, and you want that tone to be a bit more friendly. And when you're doing things that are a little more conversion driven, like maybe you're doing an ad targeting for you know a product page or something like that, you want to be a little more technical. You want to be a little more straightforward. You want to be a little more firm with your copy. So really reading the room in terms of understanding, you know, where is your consumer coming to you from? Is it is it a starting point or is it closer to an end point? And really judging it based off of that is, is typically where I recommend most people start. So when you start writing your copy to actually know, be really clear in your mind where the audience is starting from. So if they're brand new and actually whether you're just sort of raising awareness, building confidence and trust with them, mm-hmm. but you're not looking to convert them at that point. Yeah, exactly. So so being a little more conversational in those instances generally is going to drive a lot more action. So this will be, you know, if you have maybe a company newsletter or something like that, or maybe it's a more informational blog post that you have on your site, and it's a little more long form, you want to be very conversational there, very introductory with the language that you're using rather than, you know, pushing for a really hard sale and, and really just educating folks on the topic there so that they are well informed when they do go to convert on a sale, then you can do a little bit more stern copywriting where you're really trying to drive action. Yeah. And are there any mistakes that you think that we make when we're looking to drive that action? So say they're happy and they've read the blog and then we've moved to conversion and they're looking at the ad or on landing pages indeed. Are there any Mm -hmm. sort of key things that we should be avoiding? I know in your course, you pointed out quite a few. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. There's a bunch that I can rattle off. I think some of the biggest ones are going to be kind of just writing from scratch and not taking into account any direct customer conversations is usually one of the biggest mistakes that I see. So this really goes back to, you know, how are you writing copy that's driving action? And the goal of every line on your given landing page, for example, is going to be to get the person to keep reading that next line, right? So you're trying to pique their interest over time. You're trying to lead with a really nice hook in the beginning that gets their attention that when they read it, they go, you know, they have an aha moment, right? The, the light bulb goes off in their head, so to speak, where they read your hero headline or your subtext under there or the first line of your landing page. And they think, okay, yeah, this is speaking directly to me and to my needs. And so I think that really requires getting very specific with your customer. So really identifying what is your ideal customer profile for this page. And it might vary right on a case-to-case basis. And you could have, you know, 10, 20, 30 different customer segments. And so what you really need to do there is make different landing pages where the copy is very targeted to that ideal customer profile. So maybe you're catering to like different business segments. So that could be like maybe industrial or or maybe tech. You want those landing pages to be really drilled down and specific to that niche so that you can speak in more specific terms rather than just a generalized statement that says, you know, we do XYZ is less impactful than saying we do XYZ for XYZ type of companies and we get this result. So really focusing in on that ideal customer profile, speaking to those people too, and then really getting information from them, right? And saying, what is the reason you've chosen our services? So going to existing customers and asking them things like this, you know, what's the value proposition that you see from us versus competitors and using that directly on your copy on site is, is going to generate better results than kind of trying to wing it from scratch. Yeah. Oh, Jeremy, you just said our favorite words in there. Unknowingly, <laughs> you said the word customer profile and segmentation. <laughs> 
So and that's something that we really do a lot of and we look quite nice. deep in it. But I would say perhaps one of our challenges and our learning areas is that sometimes we don't know what to do with it, how we translate that insight actually into the copy. So we can do have some amazing understanding and in-depth work. And last week we were looking at empathy mapping, you know, and how we could really see through our customers' eyes. And then sometimes the biggest challenge for us is that we almost have it there, but it doesn't translate into the copy itself. Mm-hmm. The content, it doesn't always... I don't know. There seems to be a lack of confidence in that shift through. Do you have any tips for people on how they can actually keep referring back to the customer profile or persona as we call them? Yeah, absolutely. I think the number one way here is really to get on a conversation or a call with potentially any of your current past customers, things like that, and actually record it. So get their permission, obviously, get a recording going and, and just chat with them about some of the things that you're referencing on your landing page. And go over that with them, record them, and then go back and listen to the exact words that they're saying and the way that they say it. It's typically going to be really different from how you're conveying it on your landing page. So we typically find this with a lot of companies that that I've worked with personally, where you think, you know, that they perceive something one way, whereas the words that they're actually saying are, are vastly different. And so kind of bridging that gap there, actually using some of those customer words directly in action on your page. That is absolutely brilliant. And that's one thing we really do have is the audience voice, but actually Mm -hmm. getting permissions to record, then listen back. And so you're saying to actually reflect the language that's in the recording into the copy itself. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the times we get hung up on the fact that, you know, like we're, we're trying to convert maybe enterprise or something like that. So we tend to speak a little more with jargon. We tend to be a little more technical or a little more stiff with our language. But we have to realize, obviously, that, you know, there's a person behind the screen reading that and they're just another person that we're trying to connect with. And so, you know, connecting with them on a more human basis, you know, a language, a conversation that you might actually have with them in person. And if that's not in your landing page copy, it comes across as, you know, really stiff or maybe they don't even get it. It doesn't click for them. So really, you know, speaking to them on as if you're just talking to them directly like we are right now, just a casual conversation and, and taking it from there. Yeah. And because, as I mentioned, I explained to Jeremy that most of the listeners are NHS, healthcare or local government and not for profit. So lots of our mm-hmm. guys who listen and come into the behavior change training, they are working with some of our most vulnerable people in our communities, people managing long term health conditions or mm-hmm. people in a dealing with emergencies or just perhaps our most vulnerable people, you know, because of learning disabilities or poverty is huge or they're tackling really sensitive yeah. issues like obesity. So it's so important that we we sort of bridge that disconnect. So I love what you said there yeah. about actually it is. I don't know why we go so stiff. We really do. It's like <laughs> yeah. we can talk about it in a group. We can have the best creative stuff. And then sometimes we, we do go all formal. Totally. And Yeah. So that's a lovely idea. Thank you so much. And Jeremy, how does it work with SEO? So how can we Mm -hmm. sort of pair up reflecting our audience's language with making sure that, you know, it's optimized for SEO as much as possible? Yep, absolutely. So I think a really good start there is to just go into Google and and type some searches or, or common phrases that come up in your space. So if you're maybe in healthcare or government services, things like that, searching for related keywords that, you know, what are the main reasons people are coming to you for service-based things and searching keywords around that. So just finding, you know, various different topics that you could cover around those spaces and creating landing pages around that, creating more blog style content around that where you're really looking to educate a customer or potential consumer. 
and really just, you know, finding where your audience is at currently and what their needs are. You can really uncover a lot of great stuff by doing this and doing a bit of keyword research in that sense, where you're looking directly and, and seeing, you know, our potential customer profile is searching for these things. They really care about this section overall. You can really uncover a lot of different keywords by doing this. And you can also incorporate those then directly on your landing page. Because you know, again, by, by seeing those searches come up, by seeing some of the things that they're looking for already, and incorporating that directly into your copywriting, into your landing pages, not only good from an SEO standpoint, but also just great from a, a standpoint of meeting your customer where they are and speaking their language. Because you know, based on keyword data that they're already searching for these things, right? These are some recurring problems that they might have or issues that they're looking to solve. And really getting that baseline from them is, is really great, especially if you, you don't have access to be able to speak directly with customers. This can be a really good second step there where you're already seeing you know, what they're searching and you're utilizing that information. And Jeremy, would you even maybe suggest that we could do the SEO search first and then to see if that is reflected in the conversation so we're aware of it or incorporate it into our sentences? You know, just to double check mm -hmm. that with the audience themselves. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's always a better starting point, especially if you don't have, you know, maybe it takes a little while sometimes to schedule calls with customers or things like that and get those things approved. And so really, yeah. you don't you don't ever want to start writing copy from scratch, because that's when you typically run into the issues of, you know, maybe you're sounding stiff, or maybe it sounds like you're using a lot of jargon that customers or people that you're trying to reach don't understand. So using some of that data initially is, is always a good starting point. And I definitely recommend doing that versus kind of just staring at a blank page and, and hoping some really good words come together because that usually never happens that way. Yeah, exactly. And it takes a lot of the stress out then, doesn't it? Because you're sort of putting all the pressure on yourself mm -hmm. to have all the ideas, the creative ideas. Yeah. And then, of course, totally. draw on what we know, draw from the audience themselves. So thank you for those tips, Jeremy. Any other sort of content tips for, I have to ask for Twitter because you are awesome on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, Twitter is very similar in that your copywriting needs to be really conversational. A lot of the stuff that you're doing, you need to be able to break down complex topics into, I, I'm not sure what the character limits are anymore on Twitter, but they're pretty minimal as most people know. I think maybe 280 characters total or something like that for a single tweet. And so what you're wanting to do there is, is really focus on the first sentence and how you can get that first line to be really compelling. The main goal of copywriting as a whole is really, how can I get this person to read the next line, right? So every line has that goal of, I'm trying to push this person further down the funnel, further down the page to where they read this line and it clicked. Now they have, you know, some thoughts come into their mind of what they expect next. And you need to be anticipating some of that. So your goal there is to understand you know, here's my hook, here's the first sentence that really grabs their attention. Now, what are they potentially thinking through once they've read that? You know, what's their potential next question? And then answering that in your following sentence, or your, you know, maybe one, two, three sentences following that hook. And so when you're on Twitter, I think really taking it as a conversational approach, your tone should be really soft, it should be it should be really trying to drive people into that next sentence. And uh, you don't want to use any form of jargon on there, really. Even if your audience is a little more technical, you want to try to break okay. things down as much as possible since you, you don't have as much room to work with there as, as a landing page or anything like that. Yeah. And also, I think, do you think of email as content? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think email falls really in the same boat there and, and does okay. lean a little more towards the landing page side for me where you're really your end goal is to drive some sort of action. Not always, you know, sometimes it's really more just informational, or maybe you're sharing company updates, maybe you're sharing new blog posts that came about, but you're really your end goal is there is to typically to build, you know, either brand awareness or authority in the space by just sharing really helpful content. 
or it's to funnel, you know, readers into some sort of conversion action, whether that's, you know, something a little more soft or something a little more hard conversion, you know, maybe they're doing some sort of payment or they're buying something. Yeah. Um, and I think treating email as, as the same is, is typically going to drive the best results where your copy should really flow from end to end on that. Okay. And with, I think that's something that's taken for granted in our industry a lot. Email is a very dominant form of communication. And we're, gosh, we get too many emails, to be honest. <laughs> but, but I think actually remembering that it is can move the needle and it's all part mm. of the content is really important. Definitely. So, Jeremy, can you explain, I'm just looking at it now on the screen, Wordable. Please say where that's come from, when the idea came from, and what the sort of value is to communication leads and marketing officers. Yeah, absolutely. So Wordable basically takes... So if, you, if you're a writing team or you do a lot of communications, you're creating a lot of content for your website, you're probably writing a lot of that in, a, in some sort of word processor, whether that's like Google Docs or Microsoft Word, one of the two. Typically, we see a lot of people using Google Docs for this, for the collaboration aspect. So if you're you know, maybe working with one or two other people and they want to do comments, edits, Google Docs is typically a great way to kind of draft up content. And so Wordable takes Google Docs and just imports that directly to your website with one click. So it does everything for you, like the formatting, cleaning up the HTML, making sure the images are compressed so that your website loads fast. So it takes care of a lot of the, the tedious aspects that come along with content publishing and makes it really easy to kind of publish things at scale. So if you're doing a lot of content for your site, you, you know the amount of time that it takes to upload that in your backend and your, your content management system, do all those little settings, tweaks that it takes to go live. So Wordable kind of just does that all for you and allows you to just focus on writing the best content possible. You see, my brain here just wants to go, but how? How does it manage it? It sounds <laughs> too good to be true. <laughs> but yeah, I see even from looking at it, your social proof on there is incredible. I mean, you've been working with some really amazing big companies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have, we have some great folks in there, like from Ahrefs, Kinsta, Stanford, EDU are, are using it to publish. And I'm not too much of a technical person in terms of a, a software development or engineer standpoint. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm just as lost as you for how exactly the, the code works there to do it. We yeah. discovered the need for it long ago, and, and it's been uh, kind of a game changer in our own processes. And, and since then, it's been great to be able to help other companies that are looking to do the same with content. Yeah. So if we ever wonder how people are getting out so much content all the time, now we know <laughs> the secret. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, that is brilliant. And also we're such a time poor industry. There's never enough mm -hmm. time in the day. So anything that saves as much time as that and is as simple as that is much needed. So just for everyone listening, I will pop Wordable link in the post in the show notes so you can go and check it out for yourselves. And I'll also pop the course that I did, Jeremy's course, which is absolutely incredible in there as well. But just before we go on to, we always ask our guests to recommend a book, Jeremy, for either one that's inspired you for work or mm. for play. Jeremy, would you like to share one with us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have a couple in mind. So maybe I'll share two if that's all right. I think yeah. uh, I can share one from, from both the work angle and then also from more than just the creativity or, or, you know, for, for fun reading, right. For a light reading and not trying to, to drown in too many business books. I think my favorite from a business book standpoint is probably high output management. That one is really good. If you're, if you're looking to manage teams overall, manage people, get a better understanding of, of how to communicate with people overall to a point where, you know, you're, you're trying to, to make them be their best selves. Right. And I think that's one of the keys with management is, 
is how do you unlock the potential that's within everyone? And how do you foster a really good environment for them to succeed? And so that book is a really helpful one. If you're looking to do that, you know, maybe you manage a team currently, maybe you're just looking to step up your overall communications game. It's really about just understanding people and how to work best with them. And so I think that book is really helpful for that. And then in terms of, yeah, and then in terms of the kind of, you know, for fun, light reading, really anything, I'm a a big Harry Potter fan. So anything Harry Potter is just fantastic from, you know, I just want to relax and hang out standpoint, but also is is great for creativity too, right? It's great for getting your mind off of things. and, And then you get a lot of ideas when you come back, because if you're just only thinking about, you know, the content you're doing or the business or anything like that. You tend to get bogged down and your brain gets a little fuzzy, so to speak. And so I think, you know, disconnecting a little bit with a fun book is is always key. Yeah. So Jeremy, who's your favorite character in Harry Potter? Oh, man. Yeah, that that's a tough question. That's I'd say probably Ron Weasley. I'd, I'd have to go with him. Oh, just, anything yes. about the Weasley, anything about the Weasley family is is amazing. So I think all of those characters are great. Yeah, I always thought it'd be great fun to be the twins, have the prank shop, you know, the magic trick shop. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's always the best. So I take it, have you seen all the movies? I have, yeah. Probably too many times at this point, but can never get enough, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, they're brilliant. Thank you so much. So one for kind of improving our own communication skills and our and our teams, which is massively <laughs> important. Bringing out our team's potential is so key to our success and our, you know, the success in reaching our residents and our patients. And a little bit of Harry Potter, just spread a little <laughs> bit of magic. Absolutely. Thank you so much, yeah. Jeremy. And just to say, just to clarify from your tips, I think one thing to take away for everyone listening is the whole point of your content is to push from one line to the next. And it just sounds so simple when you say it like that. So I would really recommend go and read Jeremy's work because actually when you're reading it, it doesn't feel like you're being moved. It just actually is a really lovely read, like a good author, just like as though you're reading Harry Potter, you do want to move on. So I think it's important that everyone when they're writing it, and I'm thinking here of kind of healthcare communications as well, saying this is actually doing your patients justice, it's helping them, it's supporting them, it's giving them the information they need. So Absolutely. yeah, give it a go. Thank you so much for coming on, Jeremy. And I'm so yeah, jealous. Thanks for having me. I've been looking for everyone listening. I've been looking at this sunshine behind Jeremy. I can't even remember seeing that for real. So, (laughs) yeah, thank you for having me, Ruth. Hopefully, the the sun comes out on your end soon and, and some better weather comes your way. Yeah, no, thanks so much, Jeremy. Take care. You as well. Thanks for listening. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, show us some love and leave a review on iTunes. We'll leave you with Ruth's favorite quote from Alice in Wonderland. I knew who I was this morning, but I've changed a few times since then. Got a favorite quote about the magic of change? Tell us over at the Behavior Change Marketing Bootcamp group on LinkedIn. Join us for a Mad Hatter's Tea Party, virtually, 